optimal minimal. At this altitude, I can run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. Can I ask you a personal question? Now it is seen a perfect time. I'm a cybernetic organism, living tissue over a metal endoskeleton. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I get asked all the time what I would take if I could only take one supplement. The answer is invariably Athletic Greens. I view it as all-in-one nutritional insurance. I recommended it, in fact, in the four-hour body. This is more than 10 years ago, and I did not get paid to do so. With approximately 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, you'd be very hard-pressed to find a more nutrient-dense and comprehensive formula on the market. It has multivitamins, multimineral greens complex, probiotics and prebiotics for gut health, an immunity formula, digestive enzymes, adaptogens, and much more. I usually take it once or twice a day just to make sure I've covered my bases if I miss anything I'm not aware of. Of course, I focus on nutrient-dense meals to begin with. That's the basis. But Athletic Greens makes it easy to get a lot of nutrition when whole foods aren't readily available. From travel packets, I always have them in my bag when I'm zipping around. Right now, Athletic Greens is giving my audience a special offer on top of their all-in-one formula, which is a free vitamin D supplement and five free travel packs with your first subscription purchase. Many of us are deficient in vitamin D. I found that true for myself, which is usually produced in our bodies from sun exposure. So adding a vitamin D supplement to your daily routine is a great option for additional immune support. Support your immunity, gut health, and energy by visiting athleticgreens.com slash TFS. You'll receive up to a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your subscription. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash TFS, as in Tim Ferriss show. athleticgreens.com slash TFS. (sighs) Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This episode is brought to you by 99designs. 99designs is a great partner for creating and growing your business. It's a one-stop shop for all of your graphic design needs, whether that's a logo, website, business card, or anything else. I use 99designs to get book cover prototypes for The 4-Hour Body, which went on to become a number one New York Times bestseller. I also use them for banner ads, illustrations, and other things. With 99designs, designers around the world compete to create the best design for you. You give feedback and then pick your favorite. You end up happy or you get your money back. It's very simple. You can check out a few of my own designs and those of yours, meaning Tim Ferriss Show listeners, at 99designs.com forward slash Tim. And right now, my listeners, you guys, will get a free $99 upgrade on your first design. That's 99designs.com forward slash Tim. Check it out. Hello, boys and girls. This is Tim Ferriss, and welcome to another episode of The Tim Ferriss Show. This is not going to be a long-form interview where I dissect and deconstruct a world-class performer. Instead, this is a special edition random show where I am joined by Kevin Rose, at Kevin Rose on Twitter, serial entrepreneur and all-around wild and crazy guy. And we're going to get started right meow. 
Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of The Random Show, a.k.a. also Variant, The Tim Ferriss Show. I am Tim Ferriss. And I'm Kevin Rose. And welcome to Internet Audio. It is good to be here. Dude, we were doing another Random Show. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. We got to do a bit of Banya, Russian bath, Mm -hmm. before venturing back to Casa Rose. Yes, the Russian bath was awesome. We did a little bit of... uh, just relaxation. Um, spent what, probably an hour and a half in there? Hour and a half going back and forth between hot and cold. That's right. Um, cheers, by the way. Cheers. Got a little wine here. It's so weird not having a camera on us. We it do. is. We can, but, but now we can unabashedly gaze into each other's eyes with uncomfortable eye contact. We could both sit here naked if we wanted to. It doesn't really <laughs> yeah, matter. Maybe we are. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a little while. Yes. I haven't seen you guys in ages. I haven't uh, had a chance to uh, fondle and uh, you'll see where this is going. Uh, say hello to Toast yes. in a while. You that's, always... that's the dog for those people wondering. Yeah, I have a little uh, mini Labradoodle. He's uh, five years old, 23 pounds. He's an awesome little dude. And every time Tim comes over, Toaster gets really excited, but he also gets manhandled a little bit because that's how you, you treat dogs, it's which f- is fine. 50 shades of Labradoodle. That's I think right. he's into it. That's right. <laughs> Toaster. What a cutie. So we haven't really caught up in a while. I mean, obviously we're hanging at the Banyan bullshitting and catching up on certain facets, but I don't know what types of things you're really into these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's start with the, the sauna use because, um, you know, you were the, really the one that kind of got me into this and in that we started talking about using the sauna you know, you've mentioned in a handful of your, your podcasts and whatnot, um, you had Dr. Rhonda Patrick on your show um, talking about cold therapy. And then Wim Hof you had on your show. After that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into this Wim Hof method. I signed up for the 10-week course. Um, and I just now, as of last week, completed all 10 weeks. Um, my final uh, week number 10 exercise was to go as long as you possibly can in the cold um, for me, it was a, um, ice bath. So I went out and bought 10 bags of ice at the corner store. Um, like hauled them up my stairs, dumped them into already cold water coming in out of the tap into my bathtub. And this is in the, the middle of winter in New York and climbed into the tub and, um, did 15 minutes, uh, in the ice bath, um, submerged up to my neck, which was That's awesome. It, it, and you know, I've come a long way since week one. Um, so for people that don't, that don't know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listen to the Wim Hof uh, episode, but it's great. Wim, uh, holds, uh, several world records as far as 20 plus world records. Yeah. Something like that. As far as like, uh, exposure to the cold time swimming under ice. <laughs> I mean, you ran a full marathon in the Namib desert without any water at like a hundred and whatever ungodly 130 degrees or whatever it was. Now I should say, I feel obligated here just to mention, this is not the type of thing you want to DIY in terms of instruction. The exposure to cold, certainly when immersed in water, these various breathing exercises can be very dangerous, if not fatal. And uh, one of my friends recently had a shallow water blackout because he was practicing in water and, and remained submerged unconscious for three minutes. That's really scary. And that is how you die or end up with permanent brain damage. So never practice this type of uh, breath hold work in water or near water and get qualified supervision. Do not do this solo ever. Yeah, so um, the method, the 10-week course is a combination, as you said, of breath work um, and also cold exposure. 
I always kept the two extremely separate. So I didn't even do them near each other. Um, because I just at that, I'd heard some stories and rumors and, and, and he mentions it, Wim mentions it as well to keep those, um, uh, more or less separate. Uh, so, you know, you start off with a really simple week one of just like taking a standard, um, hot shower and then ending with 30 seconds of cold, cold finish, cold finish, uh, if you will. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what you're never, thinking about. Never that, did that laugh. No, just never that friendly. It's, it's never going to be fun, but, um, you know, it was hard that it was, it, it was a challenge the first week because your body's just not used to it at all. But I will say the weirdest thing though, forget just like the whole 10 weeks at about week three, and I've always considered myself a pretty positive person, but I noticed this, I would say about a 20 to 30% increase in mood, just feeling happier about just random stuff like um, just work and my interactions with other humans and my relationship with my wife and just little tasks that I would just get under my skin in the past just became softened. How often were you doing the... So cold, I was practicing at this point five times a week. Five times a week. Yeah. So five times... But it wasn't extra time. In other words, you were doing it when you were taking showers anyway. That's right. So first thing in the morning for me. And Daria, my wife, was just like, who are you? Because I would jump out of the shower and I'd come... She'd be laying in bed and still asleep and I'd be like fists in the air like like a wild man, just like all pumped up and jazzed. And And you know some of the science behind this. You should probably mention what happens when you get hit with the cold. Well, there are, as best I can tell, and I remember I looked at this one writing the Four Hour Body way back in the day. There was a chapter called Ice Age and with Ray Cronice, really fascinating guy. Everybody should look up K R O N I S E. Looked at fat loss and how to use ice or cold exposure to accelerate that. And there are a number of physiological responses, only some of which we understand, but uh, noradrenaline or epinephrine release is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the the immune uh, immunolo- immunological sort of enhancements that people have observed in say Wim Hof and mm-hmm. his students where he's able to be injected with various bacteriotoxins that he can mitigate a uh, sort of fever response to through breath work mm-hmm. seems to be correlated with that that type of uh, sort of adrenal system response you also have uh, different hormones like adiponectin, which is associated with greater fat loss. But the fact of the matter is, I, I do believe even at that point in 2009 or so when I was finishing The 4-Hour Body, that there was pr- at least preliminary data from studies to suggest that cold exposure could produce effects comparable to some antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is real. It is, it is 100%. really real. And and you know what's funny is um I I don't know if you you know this but um back in the day uh, when Van Gogh cut his ear off they put him in an insane asylum and <laughs> understandable and you know what the the treatment was was ice baths twice a day really yep so that was like the treatment for insanity and apparently it worked on a lot of people it just brought them down to a more real level huh. um so you know I was insane prior to doing this but you know it's been amazing so I, I completed the ten weeks. I'm sold. I'm hooked on ice and I'm actually looking, you know, I'm a, I'm a technology, uh, investor and I'm looking to actually fund some additional research in this area, um, so that we can just get more data on kind of your point of the kind of minimal effective, effective dose, um, that you write about so often. Like, what is that for humans to get a positive right. response out what of this? What temperature, what duration? Exactly. What type of submersion? And, 
And and I I just kind of that's something I I've I've seen this and I a hundred percent know that it's real. It's I, there's nothing else. I'm not meditating. Additionally, I'm not. Cha- I haven't changed my diet. Like nothing else has changed. So you know, take it with a grain of salt because obviously it's one person. But um, I've heard this with many people. Like there's really positive effects to be had here. So I I actually I'm glad you sort of made the ask of the audience, and I suppose people can ping us on. Twitter. So we'll give the handles out in a minute. But I also have a request for the audience related to cold. And that is, uh, if anyone can suggest or build or even spec out theoretically what a device would look like that is an immersion circulator, like you would use for sous vide, that cools water quickly Hmm. so that I wouldn't have to buy the ice. Because I don't have an ice machine at home. At one point, I was thinking of getting a massive Mosquito Coast-type ice machine uh, made from Hoshizaki, which is what Laird Hamilton has. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, the, the, the greatest big wave surfer of all time. He has a gigantic Hoshizaki machine because he uses so much ice for ice. So pads. I'm actually buying in the process of buying one of those machines right now. Okay. So my what my question is, though, for people out there, uh, and the physics here might be impossible. We'll see. But if there's a device that I could drape into the water to You want a cold sous vide for yourself. I want a cold sous vide for myself, effectively. And the reason being, if I buy ice, and maybe this has happened to you, it certainly happened to me, I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of ice baths, is I'll either get, I'll get the ice and either little like sit around a little long and it'll melt, or I will put it into the bath, get distracted, and be like, all right, I'm going to do the ice bath in 20 minutes, and then 40 minutes pass, and I'm like, oh, no, it's already 10 degrees warmer. Right. Or you get into the bathtub, and it melts because of your body temperature melts it, and then it's not as cold. There are a lot of issues with it. Right. So if I could use a device to maintain a cold temperature uh, precisely, that would be really appealing. And Or if there, you know, maybe there's some type of lining with coils, sounds really dangerous as I say it, that you could put into a tub, maybe even like uh, sort of a, an electric blanket, obviously not to electrocute yourself, but <laughs> like a blanket well, they have these that you could sit or lay on that would cool the temperature. So you, uh, professional athletes take ice baths all the time, right? So yeah. there has to be equipment for this already. Well, I'm guessing in that particular case that they, it's you're basically sitting inside an ice box right? in the sense that there are they're using Freon gas or something like that a la refrigerator style to uh to cool the the casing of the of the bath but if anybody out there has any ideas for technology that would allow you to have ice baths without ice i would be very very interested so you can let me know or kevin if you're interested in conducting cold related research and have some qualifications (laughs) yes please (laughs) uh at T Ferris, T F E R R I S S. Yeah, and at Kevin Rose on Twitter. Uh, sweet, that's cold. Yeah, it was fun. It was a great little fun experiment. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I, I'm sticking with it. You know, like t- tonight, what did we do? Probably a total of five minutes. Probably five minutes, and that was a really cold, cold plunge. It was pretty In this close particular to banya. Uh, yeah, I would say it was high thirties. Very, very, very cold. Uh, but therefore, my favorite since it's the contrast that I find so appealing. And you can look up, if you're interested in athletic applications of this type of thing, you can look up contrast therapy. I believe the East Germans were very well known for using it, among other things that they used, of course. Their female swim team sounded like dudes in the locker room, so it wasn't just ice. But I digress. So let me throw out uh, two things that 
we don't necessarily have to spend a ton of time on that I've discovered in the last week that I've really been enjoying. The first is something called Yak Tracks, Y-A-K-T-R-A-X. And I was looking for this, much like I was looking for this ice device, and I eventually found it. And this was in Montana. I had accidentally brought boots where the exterior was perfect for the environment, but the sole was slick, Mm -hmm. and it was horrible for walking on snow or ice. And these Yak Tracks, which you can fit in a jacket pocket, have coils and uh, they're they're otherwise made of rubber and you basically hook it onto your heel and then drag it up and hook it onto your toe and you can just walk flawlessly across snow or ice. It's fantastic. So even for use in, say, a city, they're very easy to walk with. If I were in New York City and I didn't want to have to wear like huge sorrel boots, which I also wore for snowmobiling, which were amazing, I would just use the uh, yak tracks. So. Yeah, I mean, I need these. So I didn't tell you this, uh, but uh, gosh, about three weeks ago, New York, everything was frozen. Uh, got out of an Uber, um, may or may not have had two to three glasses of wine. <laughs> and I hit a patch of ice. I just stood on a patch of ice and I went straight down and hit my chin on the ground. Oh my God. And Daria freaked horrible. out. She was just like, oh my God, are you okay? So wait, you did like a Superman banana peel, like feet behind you went face first? Face first. And oh. this like, uh, chin just right on the concrete. And I'm lucky I didn't break something. And it was just like, I mean, I, this is awesome. Yak tracks. I will definitely buy a pair yeah, of these. So the yak tracks have, uh, have been, it's just such an elegant solution. The way they're designed, is really smart and it's just it's just a clean simple design that which I'm one did you get the xtr the run the pro do you know uh i ended up getting the walk the walk and not because the walk is necessarily the only model i would choose it was the only one available in my size gotcha so i am sure that you're like a were, you're a shoe like pioneer you were the first one to ever tell me about Vibrams, like the Vibram 10 years ago. Yeah. Do you and, still wear those or no? Innovate. I don't. And it's not because of the health claims that they made too strongly, which some of which were debunked. It's because uh, of two factors. I do wear zero drop shoes, though. What are those? Zero drop meaning the toes and heel are at the same elevation. Okay. So like these uh, gum sole vans that i'm wearing right now are zero drop uh converse would be the same uh vivo barefoot i think it's something terra is the name of the company also zero drop i do wear those but number one the vibrams are uh can really cause achilles tendonitis if you're not accustomed to zero drop shoes and number two i just really found them uh hazardous to my heels and plantar fasciitis uh walking on concrete and asphalt i mean walking barefoot on soil is one thing walking barefoot on concrete is quite another yeah i I mean i I found the day after my feet were just sore i kind of thought that was a good thing though i was like oh i'm working muscles i didn't work before but walking i think is fine uh, the biggest issue for me was they end up smelling terrible even if i even if i use the injinji uh kind of Japanese style socks. There's sprays and stuff for that though, right? These were horrendous. But um, speaking of not horrendous, the next little one that I'll throw out is an app that I downloaded literally yesterday and it has blown my mind called Bumble. And if you've ever tried Tinder and you are a male, this is a better version and probably a better version for for women as well. And the, the big difference is the following. If you match 
And everything else is, is fairly standard. You set the geographical range, uh, age range, whatever. You're still your swiping are. left and right kind of still thing. Still swiping left and right. There are a few UI differences, but here's the biggest difference. If you have a match, the woman has to text first and you disappear in 24 hours if she doesn't text you. So there's a time constraint on matches and the ball is immediately in the court of the woman. But wouldn't now? Why is this good? Yeah, this is good because on Tinder or Match or any other OKCupid, it doesn't matter what happens. Any uh, any semi-attractive or attractive woman gets hit with thousands of yahoos sending stupid messages. And as a guy, you also have therefore uh, less than a snowball's chance in hell, unless you find somebody who's only been on the service for like four days, because the the recipient's just deluged with idiocy. And so you spend a lot of time sending messages that never get read, never get responded to. So this flips that dynamic entirely on its head. So and have you gotten a lot of responses? I mean, granted, we're in New York City where the density is insane, but I've never seen anything like this. Wow. It is absolutely insane. Can I, can I use your profile real quick? Can I try it? You wouldn't hand me the phone earlier, by the way, before we started I wouldn't this. hand it. There, for those of you who've listened to this show, you will agree that, there, that Kevin has given me no reason to trust him using Dude, my phone. First of all, I will find your future wife right now, live on this show. Live on this show. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Here. I'll, I'll give you a chance here. All right. So all right. here you go. Okay. I'm letting Kevin take a hold she of my phone. She appears to be in her late 20s, early 30s, uh, blonde dress... Uh, dresses like medium length. Uh, I'm going to say no to that one. Do you agree? Uh, you're swiping right Oops. while you say no. Okay. But that's okay. Was it, so right means yes. I've never done this before. Oh, I've been married for a while. First a of all, book. you got to swipe right on that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So now why, now explain for those people why, why should I swipe right on this? Well, I will. She's got nerdy glasses on. Uh, she's got a nose ring and she's got really pouty lips and just like a nice right. little soft like jacket. Okay. All right, she's next. cute too. Uh, can you see other photos? How do you do that? Yeah, you, th- this I actually like. To, to you don't have to tap and then swipe left or right. You swipe vertically to see. That's uh, she's. she's uh, see, this is she's a little older though. Uh, is that too old for you? No, yeah, she looks uh, cute. Uh, you know, what? swipe right. I, I'm not judgmental. Swipe right. Swipe right. Also, okay, big brown eyes, little brown eye ankles, which I'm fond of. She's throwing up a peace sign with like looks a little dr- hammered. She's cute. You should you swipe right on her for sure. All right. There we go. Oh, boom. You got a connection and we matched. Whoa. Just so like she- that. And literally, I, I installed this app last so night. So the second we, uh, he matched, two bouncy balls come up and it shows like a B. Yeah. More bumble or start a chat. Now, I don't know. I've never started a chat before, so let's try it. Start a chat. No, you're not allowed to. She, I'm not allowed to. So court. she has to do it. Right. Okay, right. There we go. And so I exit out. And this is so low labor. As, as a male, every male listening to this who is like over the age of 20 has spent thousands of hours vainly attempting to get female attention. I mean, just right. and wasted a disgustingly high percentage of their liquid you just like it because you don't have to do anything (laughs) no i like it because it forces the woman to express interest and pre-qualify in that sense so that the conversation isn't a total waste of time so what do they say do they say like i mean it's lightweight they're like hey you know they don't have look i mean pick up lines on you or anything the women don't have to do that uh so no they're not doing that but uh, I, I just really like that it's flipping the normal approach entirely on its head. And do you uh, like use, do you drop like, Hey, I have some books out and stuff. I don't, I do not. You, you have to at some point. Well, I'll say I'm a, I, 
I feel conflicted about this right. because it's a weird it's weird to be a public facing person in any capacity and try to date. Right. It's just a weird situation that creates but it's all also sorts of awesome. Well, it's awesome until it gets really weird and funky and crazy if right. it does. Like today at the uh sauna. <laughs> What? We, we were in the locker room, oh, like getting right. naked. Yeah, and, that was weird. It was two, a little uncomfortable. Two guys were like, Tim, love your book. And like, we're all naked. And yeah, I'm like, just like in my underwear. And I'm like, do I take my underwear off now in front of these guys? <laughs> they were perfectly polite, but I'm like, I'm not sure what to do in this city. What's the protocol? Like, yeah. do I just let the Johnson flop I, out I and just have go to show for them it? the goods? <laughs> they bought your book, man. <laughs> I'll be like, you bought the book now. Experience <laughs> you know, you the fool. The, you get the extended <laughs> chapter. Oh, God. So, yep, the net-net, uh, very positive thing. But Bumble, for people who've been frustrated, male or female, I think it's worth checking out. That's awesome. What about you? Cool. Uh, so next on my list, a uh, little self-promotion. Uh, I launched a newsletter. I wanted to, to plug that for a second. And it's a really well-done newsletter. Thank I, you. I, I got to be honest, I was expecting more spelling errors. I've spent a, a lot of time. And I was... I was really uh, impressed yeah, I with think, the newsletter. I think that... Because uh, usually when I get text messages from, from you, it's like you're typing with your knuckles. Well, you know, typically I've had a couple glasses of wine <laughs> and it gets a little sloppy. But um, in all serious, seriousness, uh, one of the things that I wanted to do is I love newsletters. I get yours and probably 10 others. And something that I find a little bit frustrating, I don't know if you've run into this, but especially on on ones that come out every single day is people don't take the time to properly vet what they're talking about so you'll get a lot of like product recommendations and just like you know check out this app or check out this website or whatever it may be and the stuff is just like they they they're recycling press releases versus actually having spent time with something yeah so for me I create a new newsletter called The Journal, um, and you can check it out at thejournal.email. That's actually a domain name. .email is like a thing now uh, to sign up. But um, basically, what I do is I spend one month. So I only send one a month. There's not like it's not going to overflow your inbox. Um, and I fully vet every single thing I talk about. So if I talk about, you know, a cool piece of electronics or a gadget or a knife or just something like I find really interesting, I've spent at least a month or more playing with it, using it, fully vetting it, making sure that it's worth your time because, you know, all of our time is valuable. And the last thing I would want is you to click on something that's just trash or garbage. So um, only once a month, so you only get 12 a year, uh, obviously completely free. But, um, you know, I, I, I basically put in really cool videos. I spend um, every single day I watch a TED Talk and I pick one out of the entire month that I really enjoyed um, and I put it in there. Um, what was the last one? That you put the in. last one I did was actually a talk um, by. I remember because I actually it? reached out to him afterwards. Oh, really? This was help me out. This was the, the Zen guy Hospice that runs Center the Zen Hospice Center in San Francisco. Yes, amazing guy, and I'm embarrassed to be blanking on his name. And did the, you watch the talk? I did watch it, and the reason that it struck such a chord is that I actually he is friends with our or a friend of a friend of our mutual friend adam gazali the oh, neuroscientist no who is on my podcast i didn't know that and uh i was at princeton shortly after this gentleman we're referring to who gave the ted talk and now runs this hospice center climbed on top of this train and had his his uh one arm and both legs 
electrocuted off of his body, like blown off of his body. Yep. And and I that was a cautionary tale when I went into my freshman year because it had just happened a few years before. Crazy. Yeah. yeah that, now, that is a great talk. Oh, it's a, everybody should watch this. And I'm so embarrassed. I can't remember the guy's name. But do you have a sample issue up? Or yeah. So like if you sign up for the newsletter, you get the last issue automatically. Oh, there you go. So the second you sign up, I, I send you within two minutes, you get the last issue. Um, and then you'll have it's, it's basically about, I'd say, six to eight. Um, things in there. Um, and it, I tend to do, you know, a couple of videos, a piece of electronics, something you can carry with you, like a cool gadget or something that, like a great pen. Throwing or stars. Great, some ninja throwing stars. Um, but, you know, again, the thing for me here is like, why yet another, another newsletter? And the only reason is because I'm constantly playing with like the latest electronics um, and all different types of things out there. And I, I want to put just the absolute best out. So yeah. And you're, you're one of maybe four or five newsletters that I subscribe to. Awesome. That's it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank and, you. And, uh, it would be remiss of me not to mention if you are, uh, if you've done a few lines of Coke and are really eager to sign up for every newsletter, uh, <laughs> that there's like one guy out there right now that's like, fuck, I'm on his shit. Like, I'm on it. <laughs> and that yeah. is five bullet Friday, which is my newsletter. Uh, it's sent out a little more frequently once a week with the five things that I have found most fascinating or useful you know, in a given it, week. It, we're like jerking each other's newsletters off right now, but the one that you did, I bought that stupid <laughs> thing that you did with the um the roller pin that has like the little like knob oh, knobs the, on it. Oh, uh, the rumble roller. The rumble roller, yeah. Dude, that thing is a game changer. <laughs> I travel with <laughs> Tell it. Tell people about I that. I travel with it. So I have, uh, I have been a foam rolling skeptic for years, partially because I've faithfully done foam rolling with various devices and seeing very little return until I got this device called the Rumble Roller. You mean which, foam rolling as far as like rolling out your muscles and stuff? Yeah, like rolling that. out my IT bands or my. I'm gonna adductors. get wine. Keep keep t- keep talking. Yeah, yeah, I will. And uh, I had seen very little ROI. Uh, there were a few devices that I found very helpful from, say, Kelly Starrett, for instance, in Mobility Wad. There's one called the Gemini, and a few others that I did find useful. But in general, foam rolling I found very difficult, and. Uh, not worth the time invested until I found this thing called the rumble roller, which has knobs. If you could imagine like a motocross bike tire turned into a, uh, foam roller that has a very hard consistency, this is that device. So I travel with, I think it's the 12 inch version or 18 inch version of that. It literally travels with me everywhere. Uh, and that is the squeaking of another bottle of wine opening. So I will continue with my next recommendation. <laughs> that was like a Foley Studio version of opening wine. That was incredible. Oh, nice. Yeah, Kevin cut his poor little finger open. Too bad we're not doing any more glucometer ketone testing. <laughs> Save you the trouble since you just cut off the tip of your finger. Uh, I am doing something a little weird. Oh, wait. First, more uh, last bit of... Uh, call in the next 10 minutes and you get this for free. Uh, the five bullet Friday, if you haven't received it, it has more than a 60% open rate. If you're involved in email, that is bonkers. Dude, that's actually right where I'm at right now with oh, nice. as well. Yeah. And I think it's because vetted recommendations. Yep. Just do the job. It's, uh, it's incredible. So five bullet Friday, if you go to fourhourworkweek.com forward slash Friday, it'll pop right up. So you can check that out. It's free. Always will be. And, uh, Next on the list, I will bring up a book that I've been enjoying as a devout nonfiction, 
aventurist for a long time, I am enjoying delving yet again back into fiction. And this book that I'm going to recommend is short, it is easy to read, and it is hilarious. And as is Toaster, who's waggling his head with metal attached to it. The Baron in the Trees. The Baron in the Trees is, and I think the guy's name is Italo Calvino, something like that. But The Baron in the Trees was recommended to me by my brother. And my brother and my mother are both very, very... Uh, not highbrow, but they have high standards for books. They never recommend anything unless they love it and they don't love more than, say, one out of every 20 books they pick up. And there have been uh, two books in the last maybe 10 years that have been strongly, strongly recommended to me by my uh, brother and mother in one case, which was Motherless Brooklyn, which is a great, hilarious book about a detective with Tourette's syndrome in Brooklyn. And then uh, The Baron in the Trees. The Baron in the Trees is an older book about a young baron who gets in a huge dispute with his father over dinner, runs outside, climbs up a tree, and stays in the trees for the rest of his life. And has love affairs, learns how to hunt, learns how to build things, work on architectural problems. And it's a fun book to read. And what is most convenient about it as a fiction book is that unlike something like uh, Game of Thrones, for instance, or... Uh, the Golden Compass or any of these, uh, or even Dune, something with really intense world building and a lot of characters, you get to meet the primary characters in The Baron and the Trees within the first 20 pages, and you can stop for a week or two and pick up right where you left off without having to reread the previous three or four chapters. Is this on audio as well, or just... I don't know if it's on audio, and honestly, there's part of me, because I do have the audio book club with Audible... Uh, audible.com forward slash Tim's books, uh, is, <laughs> is I want to just make all of these things into audio. It frustrates me that they're not available, but it's a lot of work yeah. to, to turn these things into audio. So I don't know. If it isn't, it should be turned into audio, and I'll leave someone in the audience. Uh, I will pass the baton to you, and you can reach out to acquire rights to produce audio. But it's a great book, The Baron and the Trees. Awesome. So next up for me, I want to talk about um, the Fitbit Blaze. So this is the new device from Fitbit here that came out, gosh, just a few weeks ago, actually like two weeks ago, and I picked it up. Um, I've been a Fitbit user for a long time. I'm not sure, Tim, I don't think we've ever talked about like how you track your heart rate or anything else. We have not. Do you, do you track it at all? I don't right now. Uh, I have a device that I am blanking on the name of, which is a heart rate variability Uh focused heart rate monitor and I'm going to be literally shaving half of the hair off of my chest to put this, not implant, but effectively paste this onto my chest for seven days straight. So it'll be 24-7 heart rate data gathered from the chest that I will then ship off for analysis. But but like re you, that's like clinical grade heart rate monitoring that's right. right that's okay. Right. But in terms of consum- say if you want sleep data, you don't have to shave your chest. No yeah. no no no, you don't have to do that. Uh, but f- I'm I'm a wacko that way, and I'm doing it as part of something called the Health Nucleus through a company called Human Longevity Inc., which I've invested in, hmm. which was co-founded by Craig Ventner, who sequenced the first human genome. And oh, I've heard about this. Peter Diamandis, chairman of the X Prize, and then Bob is Hariri, who's Adam a stem cell expert. I don't know if Adam's involved. Okay, he, he mentioned this, uh, one of our but, scientist uh, friends. But they have just massive data crunching capabilities. So part of the testing included full body MRIs, uh, full genome sequencing, etc. 
And the take-home homework in this case was to shave your chest and paste this on, which I have yet to do, of course, because shaving my chest, I'm like a silverback gorilla. It's a lot of work to contend with. Uh, so I've put it off. But I'll be doing that in the next, starting that in the next day or two. Yeah. So um, back to the Fitbit stuff. Uh, good luck with the shaving. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, been a, um, I've been a Fitbit user since day one. And, you know, um, I've tried all these different ones, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the Fitbit one or the uh, Jawbone. I tried even the Microsoft one briefly. Um, and then also the Withings. So I've been... The Costco version. The Costco version. <laughs> like, whatever it is, I'll try it. Oh, actually, you know, I really liked the one from... Uh, oh, gosh, what was it? Misfit. Misfit was great. Yeah, Misfit was uh, great. Because it had a long battery life. It was yeah. really lightweight. But it would pop out all the time. And I'd lose it. But um, long story short, for me... You know, I always try and hit that either 3,000 calories a day or 10,000 10, steps per day. <laughs> You're going to say 10,000 calories per no, day. Yeah. I was like, I guarantee you the watch isn't going to help you. One or the other. <laughs> uh, but the, the, I've always wanted something that does heart rate. Um, so they came out with the Fitbit uh, HR here probably, gosh, I'd say a year and a half, two years ago. Um, I used that for a while. But this just came out and it has a full display, almost like uh, an Apple Watch does. And the thing I like about it is that you can go into situations, whether it be um, running on the treadmill, lifting weights, or sauna use, and you can track your heart rate and time things as well. So for me, what I do, uh, like today, you saw me doing it, when we went to the sauna, I go in there and I say, okay, I'm going to go in the sauna, I'm going to try and hit 10 minutes in the heat, and then when my heart, so one of two things, either I hit 10 minutes and I leave and take a break. Or um, my heart rate will hit 130 to 140. And if it hits that, then I also take a break because I know it's just too much for me. So <clears throat> the one thing I did is I went and I did a bunch of research on all these different trackers and tried to find the one with the highest um, uh, temperature rating because I wanted to withstand the heat. Because a lot of devices, I've taken my um, iPhone, for example, into a sauna, which is probably stupid, but I wanted to listen to a podcast. <laughs> and so like, I put it on the ground so it would be at the lowest po possible temperature in the sauna. And after about 10 minutes, it puts a warning screen up saying overheating, and then I had to kick it outside of the door um, so that I wouldn't lose my iPhone. It would, would melt. But this device, I can go in the hottest sauna possible saunas, and it just it works great. It looks like an Apple Watch. It's a little bit uglier. Um, I mean, just being like real talk, it, it's it's ugly. It's not that. It's not the. It's not that bad. I mean, you, you're a watch snob. Yeah, but you're. you're I'm sorry. You have high standards. For yeah, watches. I mean, so typically I wear a mechanical watch on my nine to five uh, at Hodinki, but this for me, um, it does what I want it to do. In that, for me, I want heart rate tracking. I want sleep tracking. I want long battery life. So it has a five-day battery, which is awesome, and then I can recharge it when I'm what at work. What is the name of this model? Uh, Fitbit Blaze. Blaze. So it's $199. Um, and like I said before, when I'm doing stuff in the sauna, it's essential because I can track just the time. And when I leave the sauna or I get off the treadmill, if I'm doing you know, interval training or weights or whatever, I can hit pause so I can track the total amount of time. It syncs back to the app. I get charts and graphs back in the app. I don't know. It's just like... I know that, that you know you and I both have a lot of, of, of fans that tend to love all things health and fitness. I would say out of all the health and fitness bands out there, this is probably the best one. And it was it was cool to observe your heart rate change as we went from one temperature to another. Or even in the case of uh, when we were sitting in the hottest kind of 
gulag torture chamber version of a sauna when we were on the top step with the uh, sort of stone masoned I don't even know what you would call it oven. Yeah, it's uh, it's across like a the big room from us. Oven. Uh literally felt like my ears were being crisped like uh you know pork rinds. Uh it, when you poured the water over yourself, we could watch your temperature drop, just plummet uh, or your heart rate, excuse me. Yeah. Plummet yeah, on so, your watch. It was really cool to watch uh, how it oscillated. Yeah, so when, when you go into exercise mode, it keeps the heart rate kind of front and center on the on the device. So you can just flick your wrist up and you can see instantly what your heart rate is. And when you're sitting there in this like extreme heat, the water that they they pump into the actual place into buckets is freezing cold. Yeah, it's super. And so freezing I just cold. dumped it over my head and I'm sitting there at 130 beats a minute. And you see drop down to 125, 120, 115, 110. And it's just like it, it, it plummets. And it's fun to watch. And then also when we did the, the freezing ice bath, same thing. I was like hovering around 100 before I went in and then you know down to mid-70s once I'm in the, in the ice water. So I don't know. For people that are geeks like myself or you, like I, I told you when we were leaving, I said you should buy one of these because they're just great to have when you're working out. Um, you don't have to wear it all the time. And the sleep data is great too. Um, so I use it for that. If I can, I can definitely see, you know, um, if I had too many cups of coffee the night before I look at my sleep data and it's just like spiky, you know, you what see is it displaying your movement? It displays movement. Exactly. So you can see when you've had a big disturbance, like say you just get up to use the restroom or something, um, or <laughs> big disturbance in the forest, <laughs> disturbance dropping forest. a deuce after too many, too much fiber. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't think that happens in the middle of the night. Who does it in the middle of the night? Do people I, do that? I, I thought you were volunteering yourself. No, I was just saying like, I, sometimes you got to get me to go pee real quick. Yeah, of course. So, I, uh, but, but more, <laughs> moreover, it tracks kind of like your little micro movements so you can, why, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Just a big disturbance. You've been feeding me wine. I haven't had any booze for like four weeks. In any case. Are you serious? That's like four weeks? Yeah, I am uh, serious. All right. Um, Actually, that's complete horseshit because I just kind of came back from having a lot of booze with a bunch of people. But, uh, this has been 30 minutes. I was having more <laughs> lysine at the time, which affects ethanol metabolism in a very interesting way. Interesting. Uh, which is any... also in my Five Bullet Friday. Wink, wink. Do you have any of that on you right now? I do not. I have it back at the hotel. In any case, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. Just, <laughs> I thought it was a great device. I don't have any vested interest here. If you like it, buy it. It's ugly. It's $199. It's, it's the best for... That should be the tagline. Ugly and buy it. it's incredibly ugly. useful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I was really bummed out. I wanted it to look like cooler, but it just doesn't. But I, I love Fitbit in general. A uh, couple of random recommendations for folks. Uh, if So I recently spent time in Yellowstone National Park. And it was the first time I'd really spent a lot of time there, which spans across three states. Monta- the vast majority in Montana, some in Wyoming, and then a tiny percentage, one or two percent in Idaho. And just had the most unbelievably uh, connected and beautiful tour of Yellowstone via uh, sort of cutting-edge snowmobile, which is very quiet, in fact. Oh, is it electric? And, uh, uh, it's not electric but very, very quiet. And it's, uh, you, the, the only way that you can take tours through Yellowstone is to be with a guide who's certified. And so I wanted to recommend, if you end up in Montana, I know this is a small percentage of you listening, if you haven't been to Montana, you should go anyway, end up in Bozeman, and then you can take a tour with two top snowmobile rental. 
two-top snowmobile rental, and uh, I recommend the full-day tour. If you can, do it with a smaller group. And Michelle was my guide, and she is amazing. She knew everything you could possibly want to know about geology, anthropology, Hmm. animal movements. We saw a bison, a coyote hunt. Uh, We saw a red fox. We saw bald eagles. You hunted coyotes? No, that sounds weird. We saw a fox successfully, not a fox, coyote successfully pounce on the snow and push its paws through the permafrost. Did you see that coyote video I sent you where it got stuck? I did. Got stuck? So, no, no, no. So, its head didn't get stuck. It was literally pushing its head in the video you sent me through the snow to get to a weevil or some type of rodent. It was funny, though, right? It was funny. It kind of ate Now, the the coyote does the same thing, but because it has higher body weight, it can use its paws to, like, pounce, boom, caught what they call a pocket gopher, and then wagged its tail like a happy dog and pulled this thing out. It was sitting in its mouth. It was just incredible to watch. But the point being, uh, also went, speaking of cold for a dip in the, I think it's the Firehole River, where there's snow and ice, passed by a couple of bison, and then went skinny dipping in this river for like five minutes. Had to be, I'm guessing, high 30s at, at best. But two-top snowmobile rental, uh, Michelle is fantastic. If you want to see her photographs taken in Yellowstone, you can see her on Instagram. I think it's at MTN, like Mountain Michelle. Uh, and she was just fantastic. That's so awesome. Can't, can't say enough about her. Uh, I have two more things. Do you have anything else? I have uh, one book, which we okay. it's a friend of ours. Let, let me throw one out there then, which is related in terms of, of books and going not into the future as a technologist, but going very retro. And that is I am beginning once again to, after many decades of not doing this, subscribing to print magazines. Hmm. I am now... Sp- oh, so am I. Really? Yes, I just I just picked this up. Have you heard of this magazine? Hold on, I'm walking over. Have you heard of this? Monocle. Yeah. Yeah, I have. It's I great. Have. It is a very good magazine. I am subscribing to Nat Geo, so National Geographic and Scientific American. And the reason being when you read long form material on a computer, you are at the mercy of a distraction economy with push notifications. 100% agree social pushes. It's so weird we're both getting into this right now. Do you know now. what I mean? Dude, it, when I lay down at, at night, Daria will tell you, I have Monocle next to me, like a, a magazine or something or a book, and like that's my new thing. It's my new jam. It's like, it's too easy to get distracted by tab browsing when you're in the browser. Oh, it's, the, it, it's nearly impossible like not email to. email comes in. You have these, literally billions of dollars going into studying how to prevent you from focusing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what's your what's your budget? Right. Certainly not billions of dollars if you're if you're any normal person. Holy shit, dude, that's a heavy pour. Wow, that's a lot of wine. All right, here we go. Uh, I think Kevin's about to roofie me. Everybody, you are my witness. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's so it's so relaxing and luxurious in a in a time where you're bombarded by more information every day than you could possibly consume in a lifetime to sit down and single task with a page that has no notifications yeah it's so relaxing especially and, when you know that the people behind whatever you're picking up have spent let I me mean, just goes to our point of doing these once a every so often newsletters or whatever it's like we spend a lot of time really thinking what would people appreciate 
What is high quality? And that, that's the same when it goes to print. Doing the know? heavy lifting. Doing the heavy and lifting. And what blew me away, I'd never really read Scientific American until a few weeks ago. And I'll be honest, most pop science magazines I find uh, not pandering. They're, they're dumbed down to an extent oh, that yeah. the science is compromised. It's like McNews, like USA Today. That's right. Now, Scientific American, on the other hand, I picked this up and I read the, the reader responses uh, these are letters who come in, hey toast, uh, in response to previous articles. And the level of scientific literacy was so impressive to me that I read the rest of the magazine. And, uh, Do you ever read Nature? Na- I have read Nature. Yeah. It's impossible to read. <laughs> it's dense. It's very dense. I mean, you need to be a scientist, really, to interpret that. But uh, I found Scientific American to be a good stretch publication for me. Mm-hmm. Because it provides enough context that I can find a foothold to understand the majority of the conversation, but it also pushes me because it involves a lot of good scientists and science writers. And specifically, I was reading in this uh, last issue about CRISPR, which is a gene editing tool and approach uh, which allows precision and speed and cost efficiencies previously impossible. Uh, and you can literally uses, I think it's, uh, feel free to veto me, Daria, if I say anything really stupid here, but I think it's a, a, uh, messenger RNA that basically lines up with specific base pairs of DNA. If you're looking for a specific gene and you can knock it out or you could knock something in Wait, uh, of your own genes. Well, you could do it to yourself. That, that has a lot of risk. Really dangerous. You could do it for your kids. Also dangerous, also dangerous or like <laughs> ethically or your friend. Uh, ethically challenging. But right now they're using it in experimenting with it as it relates to agriculture, for instance, to make mushrooms that don't brown and get all slimy and gross or that last at least a few weeks longer. This and, kind of stuff scares me. Well, it's it's like, sc- now it, I think that people have well-founded fears based on incorrect assumptions. So for instance, if you look at genetically modified foods, right? And people are like, mm-hmm. GMO, bad. Oh my God, we're all going to die. Scary, scary, scary stuff. Usually what they're afraid of, if you drill down to it, is is transgenic uh, gene modification. In other words, they're taking like fish genes and putting it into wheat or doing something really weird right. and even, I would say, unnatural. In this particular case, using CRISPR, and of course, particularly since... It, it will get to a point, or it is at a point, where you can gene edit for a few hundred dollars. I mean, wow. it is super inexpensive. I'm sure there will be big messes that are created. However, the natural process of, say, plant hybridization, which is gene editing, is not a completely benign process. Like It's actually a really brute force, inaccurate process. So... Uh, and then there, there is a podcast, which I have in full disclosure, I've not yet listened to, but it was tweeted out by Bill Gurley, one of the, yeah. I think, smartest VCs, yeah, venture yeah, capitalists out there. Brilliant. Uh, the best podcast you will ever listen to was his tweet. And it was a, it was a podcast, is a podcast about CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R by Radiolab. Hmm. So I wanted to throw that out there as well. Cool. So um, one thing for on my side of, of the print uh, equation, Monocle, um, definitely pick an issue up. You're going to have to go to like a kind of like Barnes & Noble or something like a, one of those funky little... Cigar shop. Yeah, it's like cigar shop combo, like magazine combo, newspapers, like you, you know the shop I'm talking about. Like, um, the, like the Chinese variety store with the luggage and the little diver who's swimming around in a bucket? 
plus I've one of those lottery tickets. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> uh, but Monocle is great. It, it kind of so this is the uh, the um, little subtext underneath Monocle. It says a briefing on global affairs, business, culture, and design. And um, you know they come out with a new issue every month. It's just a fun read. So anyway, pick it up. Let me know if you like it. That is my take on the print side. What are these fancy shoes that you're wearing? Uh, these are Nike shoes. They're those really thin-soled, kind of like uh, 3.0s, they're called. They're mm-hmm. Nike training shoes. Very colorful. Yeah. I actually, um, the ones I like even better, I linked in my last issue of the journal. <laughs> Wink. No, I'm not, I'm, 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 I didn't do any affiliate codes uh, like you was, do. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I offer non-affiliate codes. <laughs> don't, be, don't cast stones in your glass house. <laughs> so what... Um, last book. Well, no, hold on. Okay. So what, what were the shoes? Oh, they were just some Nike. Uh, they, uh, they were a combination. They were a running shoe, but they have enough width on them that I haven't showed them to you. I don't, they're not downstairs. I have to go show them to you in a minute. But they have enough width on them that you can actually lift weights and squat with them as well. So it's like a great, almost like a CrossFit style shoe. Um, they're amazing. If you read my entire newsletter, you'd know that. CrossFit style shoe. Does it say... Bro, they're do not you, CrossFit. Do you even lift, bro, on the side? I don't do CrossFit. I'm not a CrossFit. Clearly, <laughs> Tim, Tim Tamer. Alec, more Alexander technique. Dude, are you kidding me? I'm, I still have bigger arms than you do. Oh, you and your guns. I know. I'm surprised. You're like one of those genetically modified chickens with like huge breasts. I don't know how your feet keep you up, dude. Why are you hating? Because <laughs> you're like, feeding me alcohol. I'm getting all. I'm I getting know. all insecure and passive aggressive. You didn't do roids. It's probably the roids that you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I have been growing horns, mostly growth hormone. This but, is when the podcast has totally went downhill. Alpine the last two goat, minutes. Alpine goat growth hormone. I don't recommend that, folks. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the internet. All right, let's talk about our friend's book, Brodo. Oh yes, absolutely. All right, yes. this is this is this is the la- this is the final the, the final finale. thing. Um, so our friend Marco, that you actually introduced me to, he runs a restaurant out here in New York City called Hearth. Phenomenal. Like farm to table food, one of my favorite restaurants. If you fly solo or it's just two of you, sit at the pass if you can, meaning where you can watch all the food coming out. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome place. I, I think you'd agree. Um, he also has a little window off to the side of the restaurant that is a walk up window. So it's like one of those, it's almost like a, uh, coffee walk up little station, uh, facing the street. You walk up there and he makes, Brodo and Brodo obviously means like bone broth. It's Italian for for broth, and uh, he makes these phenomenal combinations of like turkey and chicken and beef broths, along with like onions and herbs. And he serves turmeric, it it's in turmeric, and and he serves it in a in a coffee cup. And so like you get like a to go afternoon treat that is just sipping broth, and it is awesome. It's ketogenic friendly. Um, it's grass fed bones, uh, and he has combinations. So one that you haven't heard of that I, I just tried, I know this cause I live here and you don't, um, which I'm really stoked cause when we lived in San Francisco, we couldn't find this stuff. He does a broth now with chocolate, like dark chocolate, pure dark chocolate and like coconut milk. Which is a really funky Wild. combination. Oh, then is it all coagulated and unmixed and nasty, or is it no, no, blended it's up? It's good. It, but the one I tried last week, which was amazing, was this chicken uh, broth with like a chicken egg yolk in there. Ooh, that sounds amazing! Like blended up 
with a couple other spices, which was just phenomenal. So, do you which now? What is your favorite broth so far? The hearth broth. But is it chicken, beef? What's your so the, preference? The hearth broth is the blend of all their broths, oh. and so it's like a hybrid. And then I add the animal animal bone medley. I, I yes, exactly. <laughs> and I add the um, the chili. He does this really, uh, babe. Do you remember what chili it is? What chili he has in the broth? It's like a really spicy chili that he adds to the broth. Yeah, maybe Szechuan chili. Szechuan cat chili. With bone marrow. And that's Ooh, my, my go-to. It's, that it's amazing. amazing. Um, anyway, long story short, you can only get this in New York. And I was really bummed when I lived in San Francisco because I couldn't find it anywhere else. And to make this stuff, you need a good recipe. And it's easy to do and it's really cheap to do because you can buy bones for just dirt cheap from your butcher. Um, the book is called Brodo, B-R-O-D-O. It's on Amazon. Go buy Marco, it. Marco, last name Canora. Yes. And, C-A-N-O-R-A. For those of you who read The 4-Hour Chef, he popped up a lot. He was super helpful. Uh, so he, he his book has all of his recipes in it. It's awesome. And he has, also does a bone broth fast in there, which is interesting. Um, it's, it's just, it's really cool stuff. And you will be blown away by the flavor of these broths. And it's really healthy for you too. Maybe, I mean, do you know about uh, why bone broth is so healthy for you? Can you speak to that? Oh boy. Cause you get a lot of the nutrients right out this of the is, actual this marrow. This is probably a better question for our resident scientist in the room, Daria, but. Do you want to talk about it I for mean, a second? I would say, yeah, I mean, if you want to get into the whole bone broth conversation, uh, what do you think? Uh, Daria, nourishing traditions, Sally Fallon, is that okay? Yeah, I would say Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon, which talks a lot about the observations of uh, Dr. Weston Price, also very controversial. But I think Nourishing Traditions is a very good basic primer or primer on bone broth and whatnot. That, that's a very, very... Uh, what did Weston if, Price if you're going to buy a half a dozen cookbooks, I think Nourishing Traditions is one of those six. What did Weston Price have to say about it in his book? I will default to Ms. Fallon and Nourishing Traditions. I was curious because like, uh, I love his other stuff on cod liver oil and things like that. Well, I will say, speaking of cod liver oil, that after my podcast with Dominic D'Agostino, who's the um, scientist who's created some incredible uh, exogenous... Dr. Dom. Exactly. I love him. He's, He's awesome. amazing. He's so, so good. And for those He's people got a great who- podcast, by the way. Really? He's got his own podcast, but he only oh. put out one episode so far. He's so good. He's so, so good. Yeah, Dom is not only an incredible scientist who's created synthetic ketones for Navy SEALs and whatnot, funded by the DOD, and is a published researcher. He is also a beast of an athlete. I mean, the yeah. guy, he's I think... Jacked. He's He's so incredible. I mean, he did, I think it was a six-day fast and then did like 500 pounds for 10 reps in the deadlift just to prove that force production could be maintained after that type of fast. But the, the reason I bring him up is that he, I asked him what his breakfast looked like. And he's like, well, I have a can of sardines. And I was like, which sardines? And then, then I have some oysters and from a can, what kind of oysters? And I adopted his breakfast and the sardines, this is a really weird thing. And uh, uh, I don't know if anybody here will have any theories as to why this is the case, but I started eating the sardines from, I want to say it's Wild Planet. Yeah. And I noticed that my two things started to happen. My teeth appeared whiter and they started to remineralize or appear to remineralize, uh, which makes some sense because you're consuming the bones of the fish. Uh, in any case, that's become my go-to. When I travel, I live, I literally travel with 
boxes of sardines if I'm going on extended trips. You want to hear something crazy? This is the honest God truth. Your podcast came out the next day. No, two days later. I went to Whole Foods and I was like, yeah, I'll do some of that. I'll get some sardines, blah, blah, Because you mentioned the brands and you said they were at Whole Foods. Yeah. Sold out. <laughs> and you know that's never going to be the case with sardines. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, like that's something that's so, a hot no, seller. No. So funny you bring this up. I've heard the same thing from people in Austin. I've heard the same thing from people in multiple cities. That's so crazy. Dude, you are like a sardine, like... Sardine, o- sardine Oprah? Yeah, you're the Sardine <laughs> Oprah, dude. You should get that t-shirt. Tim Ferriss, Sardine Oprah. <laughs> I'm sure Oprah would love that. She'd be like, well, no, I'm not going to do your podcast. Uh, That's amazing. What else do we have? And actually, So you have some sardines here. You got a different brand. Yeah, that was because all the others were sold out. The Bela, Portuguese sardines. This is fun. We should have more wine. And it's dinner uh, time. Let's and, do it. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, just uh thanks for uh listening. Uh check out uh the journal dot email on the internet and please sign up. Um I guarantee you I put a lot of time and effort into putting together the best stuff for you guys to enjoy. So thank you. And oh, my wife's podcast. Oh yeah. For I sure. Have, Shoot. Yeah, we got we gotta plug my wife's podcast. So uh, my wife, Daria Rose, is a PhD in neuroscience. She has an awesome podcast. Super baller scientist. Uh, super baller scientist. Um, the Foodist Podcast. Uh, you can just go onto iTunes and search Foodist Podcast. I guess Foodist, F-O-O-D-I-S-T, and then Daria Rose, and it'll come up. But she's uh, interviewing a lot of really awesome guests, and she uh, talks to people about how they've made changes to their habits and their lifestyle for the better, to lose weight, to be healthier. Um, a lot of great information on there on how you can uh, come up with healthy habits and, and make great life changes for yourself. So support Dardar. Check it out. And as always, folks, the show notes, links to various things that we have mentioned will be available in the show notes at 4hourworkweek.com forward slash podcast. And if you would like to get my random musings and craziness, my favorite five things that I find each week. Just go to fourhourworkweek.com forward slash Friday and knock yourselves out. And that is it for now. At Kevin Rose. At Kevin Rose on Twitter. At T Ferris. Oh, at H-I high K Rose on Snapchat. Follow me up on Snapchat. Lots of dick pics from Kevin. I mean, they come they, every single they're, day. They're, they're every other hour. They're it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to end before right. we incriminate ourselves any Peace further. Out. More wine. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, this is Tim again. Just a few more things before you take off. Number one, this is Five Bullet Friday. Do you want to get a short email from me? Would you enjoy getting a short email from me every Friday that provides a little morsel of fun before the weekend? And Five Bullet Friday is a very short email where I share the coolest things I've found or that I've been pondering over the week. That could include favorite new albums that I've discovered. It could include gizmos and gadgets and all sorts of weird shit that I've somehow dug up in the uh, the world of the esoteric as I do. It could include favorite articles that I've read and that I've shared with my close friends, for instance. And it's very short. It's just a little tiny bite of goodness before you head off for the weekend. So if you want to receive that, check it out. Just go to fourhourworkweek.com. That's fourhourworkweek.com all spelled out and just drop in your email and you will get the very next one. And if you sign up, I hope you enjoy it. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.